we're all vibrational beings. Our cells vibrate. And if you are vibrating at a lower level energy, you will only ever attract that and see that at that space. When you vibrate higher, you become closer to the thing that you desire because you have to become a vibrational match mm. to the thing that you want in life. Don't make me extraordinary, so you remain ordinary. ordinary. Vuxo truly believes she had been put on this planet to do three things. Entertain, educate, empower. As a mentor coach and retreat host, she specializes in helping spiritual heart led entrepreneurs to develop powerful and effective messaging strategies that resonate with their target audience. Buxo truly understands that in order to attract the right clients, it is essential to communicate in a way that is both authentic and compelling. In addition to her expertise in being seen and heard as a performer of the last 15 years, she also has a deep understanding of energy work and is able to help her clients identify, acknowledge and remove any blocks that are preventing them from moving forward in their life business. Through her intuitive guidance and support, Buxo helps her clients along the way to achieving their ambitious goals in order to create successful, sustainable, fulfilling businesses that align with their spiritual values and beliefs without compromising their integrity. There is a gap that needs filling between the world of business and spirituality and she's here to do it. Are you thinking about building your wealth? Are you thinking about where to start or not knowing where to start in your wealth creation journey? At Property Wealth Education, we teach people how to get started, how to build an empire, and how to invest passively and actively using property in your wealth creation. Month in, month out, week in, week out, we have curated courses that is available to you free and paid and through our upgraded mentorship program, The Wealth Circle. If you're thinking of building your wealth, we want to invite you to click on a link below the show notes on this video and to book a call with us. We'd like to have a chat to help you start to build your wealth, build a legacy for yourself and your family. Look, so, so amazing to have you in the studio today. You've literally traveled all the way from Birmingham to be here. Well, I have. I'm not going to lie. It's actually just to the right of Birmingham. Okay. Derbyshire. Derbyshire. So yeah, I'll let you have that. We're in the, there's the Midlands. You're about right in the part of the country. Yeah, I came down on the train this morning and everything was fine and dandy until I got to the station and there was no signal. I was like, oops, where am I going? There's no signal. Yeah. So I walked up hills, down dales, and I managed to get here eventually. All in good time, I Fun. listen to add. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. So you've done so many things. You wore so many hearts as a, as a, as an individual, as an entrepreneur, and as well as as a professional. You know, you're an actress, you're a speaker, you're into MC host, media mentor, spiritual healing expert. You have a, a retreat on a yearly basis, the Diamond Retreat. You have so many hearts put in there. How do you juggle all of this? You know, this is an interesting question because. Um, Lots of people will look at what I do and be like, Look, so I can't keep track of what you're up to, what you're up to now. And it's interesting because I understand why they might say that. But the thing is, every single thing that I do is inextricably linked mm -hmm. to each other. Absolutely. And the main, the common denominator is me. Yeah. Right. And 
it's not like I'm a lawyer or a, you know, a, a doctor or a barrister where you have to do the one thing and that's what people, but this is what people are led to uh, believe life is about. Mm. You pick a thing and you do that one thing, right? But for me, it's all about living life as expansively as you can. And if I have a gift and a talent to be a certain thing, why would I not exercise that muscle? Mm -hmm. And as somebody who talks a lot about unearthing the diamond within us all, a diamond has many facets yeah. and it shines as brilliantly as it does because it reveals its many facets. So why would I not do that for myself instead of becoming a diamond around somebody's neck? when I've passed away and they've used my ashes to make me into a necklace. You know, as I was speaking yeah. to you earlier, why, why do we wait until we die to truly shine? And why do we ever give people posthumous pats on the back? Yeah. Why aren't we celebrating who we are now? And so after my dad's passing three and a half years ago, this became a huge thing for me, a massive thing. I, I got in, into this maelstrom of confusion, questions. I'm quite spiritual. I have been for, you know, the last 30 odd years. And these questions were very surprising for me because I didn't know why I was asking them. I had the answers. I know what happens to us when we pass away. I'm happy with that information. But why was I having all of this pressure about time? What are you going to do with the rest of your time? Oh my gosh, I'm no longer going to do this anymore. Oh, I was only ever doing it because I was trying to prove myself to my dad. Oh dear. You know, even at that age at 47, I'm 50 now, but even at 47, I was having these revelations. And that's when I really got to know myself. And this is where it's come from. And that's why I now show up doing these things yeah. unapologetically, because like I say, they're not, I'm not a cook one day and um, uh, a solicitor the other day. These are all the same thing. I am the things. Yeah. Mm. I really, I really love that because I'm, I, I'm, I'm the same. This episode of the Wealth and Business Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor and our partner, Adrian Benjamin. Adrian is a wealth protection advisor who helps business owners, property investors to financially protect themselves, their family, and their businesses. Adrian will make sure that if the worst was to happen to you or your family, you will be able to financially survive. To know more how Adrian can help you protect your wealth, your families, from the worst when it does happen follow the link on the show notes and you will have access to his social media a calendar link to help book a consultation call where he can actually see where you are in your wealth protection so i one of the things i've done over the last six years was to master one thing and then diversify the one thing into different portfolios so i'm a speaker in property mindset and i love that because they all relate you cannot have the right you cannot run a business without having the right mindset that's it so i wrote two books my two books the first one is about property and the second one is a mi mindset and growth and transitioning as well but on the back end it still teaches people the wealth you know aspect of it so like you said it's all about the many things that we are but that all interconnected and yes and you can see sometimes you have people who are probably doctors you know having or trying to have a legal mindset that's quite opposite because it takes a lot of energy exactly. to kind of bring that together mm. so i really love the fact that you can you, you know say that you know having one thing and obviously 
connecting all of them together so that they're currently, mm. you know, interlinked. I really love, you know, how you putting that together. It's the essence, right? When you are tapped into the essence, the true essence of who you are, there is no effort involved. Mm. There is no trying. I show up, you know, I'm involved in my life. How many of us are sat there with, you know, popcorn, just watching our life go by? Just doing the same inane activity day in, day out, day in, day Monday out. to Friday, nine mm. to five. You know, no disrespect to anybody who wants to do that. There are many people I know in my life who are happy with that. And if that is a fundamental truth and is your happiness, then I applaud you with that and mm. finding that. But as a creative, which I feel a lot of us have in us to some extent, as a creative, I think it's essential that you are tapping into every corner of yourself yeah. and really getting to know thyself in order to show up as fully as you can because that's your God-given right. Yeah. That's how you tap into prosperity and abundance because you might have an aspect of yourself that is desperate to be shown, seen and heard, which will attract the thing that you desire. Yeah. You know, when we're all vibrational beings. Our cells vibrate. And if you are vibrating at a lower level energy, you will only ever attract that and see that at that space. When you vibrate higher, you become closer to the thing that you desire because you have to become a vibrational match mm. to the thing that you want in life. You know, when you recognize that thoughts have vibrations, yeah. thoughts create your feelings, create the emotion causing the action. It's all starting from the vibratory field. Yeah. And so... People have to get, oh, but so, oh, you do talk a load of woo-woo. And it's like, don't diminish what I'm saying in order for you to continue the way you are. Take ownership that you're happy to be mediocre. Yeah. Take own that. Mm -hmm. Don't make me wrong and don't make other people diminished in order for you to remain the same. And it's the other way as well. People say, oh, but so it's all right for you though, because, um, you know, you're confident and you, you, you're this and you're active. And it's like, do you think it happened? I was like, born that way. Yeah. Don't make me extraordinary, like Lisa Nichols says. Don't make me extraordinary. So you remain ordinary. Ordinary. Yeah. I love that. Don't make me extraordinary and you remain ordinary. Part of a very great way to really look at it. So my book is called The Test, Transition from the Ordinary to Becoming exactly. the Extraordinary. Do you know, if someone would have told me that I would be an author, I would have never, ever believed in my life. If someone would have told me that I could be speaking to thousands of audience today, I would never believe. Whatever we think we can become, we can become. Correct. Because even my faith, the Christian Christianity, it says, greater is he that is in me than he that dwells in the world. So the Bible tells me that I am a God. I am, the you know, the greater is in me than he that is in the world, right? So which means, I have greatness in me. I have the strength in me. I have the power to become anything that I, you know, I so believe. And I can go out there to become the greatest thing. So don't, yeah, I'm completely in agreement with you. Don't make me extraordinary so you can live your ordinary life. Yeah. Because we all have what it takes That's to it. actually become extraordinary. Yeah, exactly. You know, I really, really it's appreciate that. It's a choice. That. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. And you're okay with your choice. Yep. I'm okay with my choice. Yep. You know, we're very good in this life of judgment by making another person wrong in order to feel right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's we don't do that sort of thing because of A, B, and C. We're not like that because thinking, I'm not like that because, you know, well, I'm not a horrible person. And, you know, so, but nobody wants to take ownership yeah. for who they are. Nobody wants to take responsibility for what they do. Yeah. They want to play the victim because it is easy, you know. I've been there. I'm not saying I'm 
without fail, uh, you know, in life. My gosh, I've done it all. There isn't anything that anybody could tell me now that would surprise me. Yeah. That would shock me or scare me. It's everything is exactly as it should be. The perfection exists now in the knowing of yeah. that. The knowing is what it's all about. You don't have to believe it. You just need to know. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. This is looking really, really good. Haven't gone into that journey of the ordinary to the extraordinary. How did it begin for you? How, what was growing up like? Oh my gosh. And how did that impact your path to success? Wow. You wear all these different many hats. You were a very successful actress, especially on EastEnders. I remember when I first came to the country 20 plus years ago, EastEnders was how I started learning how to speak properly. Wow. <laughs> well, you're not talking <laughs> like that now, are you? <laughs> I remember I used to love EastEnders. I used to love it. You know, because, you know, um, you know, growing up in Africa, there are different types of programs that we do obviously love to watch here and there. But when I came in, I realized Eastern, that was a big thing. Coronation Street was a, something mm. so big as well. And you were an actress. Yes, you know, in, the, in all of the soaps. Yeah, in, in, in all the soaps, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, it started, you know, people, and, and I, I hope the listeners can take something from this because there are times, there will have been moments in your life growing up where you would have had those moments where you glimmered and you dimmed it, you, you, you suppressed it, you covered it. And I had that moment when I was 13 years old and a lot of people in the country will know who's 40 plus. I'm not sure you're quite there, Dr. Daniel. 43 now. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> and there was a program in the 80s uh, called Why Don't You? And it was um, about getting kids to switch the TV off and start doing something more, less boring instead. And that's what the song was. And I sang the theme tune to that. On paper, it shouldn't have happened. I'm the middle child of six to first generation Indian immigrant parents. My, my dad was more concerned about putting food on the table for a family of eight. Yeah. And then here's me being asked to sing this song with two other girls that I was at school with. And it was on the front page of the local paper. And... I was in the Radio Times, and it gave me a bug. That's when I realized I wouldn't have known that I could sing mm. if I hadn't had that experience. Yeah. I wouldn't have known that I liked performance, that I liked being on stage, that I liked this part. I didn't know. I wouldn't have known I'd got that side of myself because I wasn't going to be able to go to after-school clubs. They weren't even a thing. Mm. I was battling all sorts of other issues that you'd have as first-generation children uh, yeah. parents of first generation yeah. immigrants so for that sort of thing that was just a, that white folk did that's yeah. what white people did yeah. this isn't something that Indian girls did so it shouldn't have happened but why did it happen yes why was I given that opportunity because that's what it was out of all of the six of us why was I the one that was picked to do that and I know that today it's because it's my purpose to speak to share my voice to find my voice mm. to allow other people to find their voice as well yep. which is what it's all been about and that's what I'm about as well is helping people to find their voice this is why people need to be aware self-awareness is the key thing and I talk a lot about that in my new sort of program that I've created called the sparkle effect self-awareness people don't take the time to find out who they are and yeah. why they do what they do yeah. and this is something I just blindly we all do it I'm not you know here to blame anyone this is what I was doing I went through life just reacting I was a pinball in a machine mm. this would happen so I'd do that over there 
that would happen, so I'd come back over here. And so when I got home and I was saying to my dad, I want to be a singer, I want to be an actor, I was full of the joys of this new discovery that we all are as kids, naive kids, innocent kids. And my dad was just very quick to say, you know, well, you and 20,000 other people, because all he saw was hardship. You know, he was trying to function as a self-employed individual to feed the family. You don't know this as a child. And so I'd harbour this dream. And I picked my GCSEs, art, drama, uh, music, French, the creative things, maths and English. I left school with no GCSEs, none at all. So that was my dad's green light to say, right, okay, you won't be going to college or university then. Okay, here's the business, in you go. You're working in the business. Didn't have a choice. So that's been my life's theme, never having a choice. And I used to sit in that shop 12 hours a day at the age of 16 and I would dream about the life and what people would call it today is law of attraction. Yeah. That's what they would call it. I was doing it already. I would sit there and I would imagine the life, speaking to all the people that were coming into the, the shop. That's where my customer service and ability to speak with other people really grew. Yeah. And I wanted to know what their life was like because I was living a sheltered life I hadn't been to a nightclub I hadn't kissed a boy yeah. I hadn't been anywhere I was still uh, what they call um, innocent, innocent as well <laughs> in that respect um, and so for me I was just enamoured with other people's stories and what was out there in that big wide world and you know I'd dream about it and I'd be like oh gosh if I could go on stage if I was singing on stage in London and oh my gosh walking down Carnaby Street listening to this other guy who'd moved back to the village I was in having lived in London as an actor and he would talk to me about walking down Carnaby Street in a canary yellow outfit in the 70s and I'd be just in awe of him and I'd be like wow if only I could and I used to dream about those things and just imagine it and perpetuate what it would feel like and get that feeling inside that you're supposed to get yeah. that matches that vibration. And so who knew that at the age of 42, I would indeed be living in London and working on the West End for a year in the musical Bend It Like Beckham. But this is what I'm saying. Throughout life, nothing was ever done for me. I wasn't supported. It wasn't like eventually at 23 they thought, yes, go on, go ahead, go and do what you need to do, book. So it was always met with resistance, always resistance everywhere, not going to happen, a closed door everywhere, a wall everywhere. It was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And I just let it go. Mm. I let it go. I just thought, oh, well, this is it. And I just got on with life. And so when I got married, I married out of my culture. I married an English chap, which didn't go down very well at all. Yeah, I actually saw that in one of your interviews where you mentioned, you know, you married out of the culture and, and you became this new person. Mm. I, would, I had to. I had to reinvent myself because I didn't know that, well, I didn't know who I was anymore. Because my family and, you know, is, I'm not making anybody wrong here. I'm not, yeah. my dad is not or was not a bad guy. He did only what he knew. He was uneducated, coming to this country for a better life, and he did not know any better. All he knew was that he's got five girls that he needs to get them married, you know? And my brother was the youngest. So I understand everything now, even more so, as to why he did what he did. But I had lost all that identity that going to the temple every Sunday and uh, eating that food and wearing them clothes and doing this and doing that and doing this and operating from a very small box this 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 um, sheltered life that I'd led. Yeah. So I didn't go mad and go, I'm free, because freedom was one thing I needed in my life, and I still do. It's one of my core values. And it wasn't... I got the freedom, but I lost 
my whole life, my identity and everything that was before it. And so I had to reinvent myself and I didn't know what that looked like because I was doing it on my own yeah. because I chose this path. So as we do this, when you're very good at beating yourself up, right? You, you know, you're like, I got this guys. No, it's all right. I know I've done the wrong thing. Look, I picked my path. I've got it. Yeah, I've got this. I've beat myself up. I've done yep. it 20 times. And no, no, it's like <laughs> nothing you can say yeah. will hurt me. Mm -hmm. I got this. I've gone one better. I'll take what you've just said and I'll do one better, yeah. you know? And this is where the depression kicked in for me and the dark days. And then in the first four years of me and my husband getting together, I lost my family. His brother died. We got married. We had twins. We didn't even get to know each other. In those first, we've been together 25 years now. In those first four years, I didn't, I met myself coming round. I, my head was down. I wasn't even looking up. I didn't even know what I was existing. I know that now. I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. So I didn't ask for help. I didn't show vulnerability. I had to whoosh, batten down the hatches. Yeah. I had to shut off the heart center, yeah. close the door on that because any emotion would be a sign of weakness and I can't be weak because whoo, the link will break in the chain and I will fall to pieces. Yeah. So that's masculine energy that a lot of women adopt. A lot of women adopt it. And you were speaking earlier about, you know, women that speak on stage and where they come from, they only show heart, they only show up half, you know, they, they sit in the reserves of where they're actually meant to be. Yep, yep. It's because, A, a lot of them, if they're not doing that, they're operating from masculine energy mm -hmm. and they're going, you know, helpful leather, bullet to China, get, you know, bullet to China shop, bullet in a China shop. And we don't have to be like that. And I realize that now, but I know for the last 25 years, I emasculated my husband. I was a very, very angry woman. I did not operate from a place of love. I took no responsibility for anything. I was, I became stone. I turned into stone as a way of existing and functioning, survival mode. My adrenals, I'm sure, were shot to pieces. And no wonder then that my body in 2016 housed rheumatoid arthritis. No way. Yeah. And I say that my body is temporarily housing it because it's not mine. I do not choose this. I do not own it. It's not an identity. I don't go anywhere and say, yes, I'm Boxer and I have rheumatoid arthritis. It's not a part of my makeup. It's not who I am. It's a thing that's happened to me due to the life that I created for myself, the thoughts that I had, my inability to be flexible because I had to stay like this. Arthritis is fear, freezing. I was in fear. I was operating from fear. When you operate from fear, you have no space for love. You can't bring it in. You know, you can't do one of the, you have to do one or the other. Yeah. Right? So that's where I was operating from. So the culmination of all of that, that's what dis-ease in the body is. It is years and years of chronic trauma, yep. suppression. No wonder my dad passed away with a COPD of the lungs, heart failure, kidney failure. The liver was the only thing that was left and that's what holds anger. So I'm shocked at that. Wow. And when you think about, you know, he was a solid guy, strong guy. He had his morals and ethics and I, I loved him for that guy, for being the honest, the truth. truth. It's always about the truth for him, yeah. always. And he'd pull people down yeah. after 20 years still. He'd still remind them of what they were about. That was, bless him, his detriment as well because people stayed clear of him. Yeah. But I feel people stay clear of me as well because nobody wants the truth. And I'm not, when you're doing it from a place of anger, it's scary.
You know, let me quickly, you, you said some things very, very key here. As you can see, I was taking some yes. notes while she was speaking. You know, let's kind of take backtrack a little bit. You mentioned asking for help. This is something a lot of people do not do. And I, I want us to kind of, this this created a big impact in your life. You know, you even suffered health challenge here. So let's backtrack a little bit so the audience can literally, because I, I know this because I've basically went through something similar in my life before. Uh, and, and then, you know, for the podcast is there to literally use people's experience to actually overcome your challenges, correct? Mm. So, you spoke about the muscular energy. You know, a lot of female are trying to become entrepreneurs and they have to become something they're not because they build this wall of trying to attack and defend rather than actually operating from the place of love. Recently, I had a, a conversation with one of my therapists and he said to me and said, if you're not, if you're not a tough person and you try to firm up to be tough to confront business, yes, you're going to get the results you want, but you're going to discover it's not the result you're actually looking for. When you operate naturally because it's you, just be you, and then you get, you're going to get even the result that you want even more quicker. So interesting to, to, to hear what you said just now about, you know, operating from the muscular energy and how obviously that also has its own way of an impact in your marriage. And finally, you know, not actually even understanding what love is and then, in, you know, working from what love truly looked like in your life. So how did you then come out of all of this? And how did you, did you overcome the attractiveness now? Is it better? Yeah. So the masculine energy, right, is where people, a lot of people, get confused with uh, what that can look like and for a female it's about the constant doing the do 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 i gotta do this i gotta do that where i gotta be where i gotta show up how i gotta say this it's the constant doing the needing to create constantly the feminine aspect of it for anybody male or female is allowing Allow is the allowance of things when we're on this merry-go-round we're pursuing the thing we're chasing it. We're doing the thing. Do, 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 right? We have to create. That's why yin and yang is as it is. We have to create the balance. What the universe is asking us to do is to step off a minute so I can catch up with you. I'm trying to give you something. Mm. I'm trying to give you this. I'm following you. I'm giving it. I'm, you ask for it. I'm trying to give it. You haven't stopped yet. Long enough for me to give it to you yet. For God's sake, stop. Be still. You know, receive. I couldn't receive a compliment. Boxer, you look lovely in that. Yeah, Primark. <laughs> how many people do that? If you can't receive a compliment, how can you receive abundance? If you can't receive um, anybody, you know, telling you that you look lovely today, how can you receive love? Yeah. People are looking for love, but they can't receive it. How can you get it? Stop looking for love. All these women that are going for the wrong guys. and It's like, you can't receive love. Your body is not ready to receive. Do the work on the body right nobody does that they all think they have to get this right right let me get this right yeah yeah mindset 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 yeah strong i had a strong mind i had a strong mind obviously my body became the example of what it is not to have a strong body right energetically so for me i had to do the work i've always been into the spirituality and the realms of spirituality and looking um how and who we be as spiritual beings souls having this experience as a human so for me it was about going deeper even more to that place and really connecting with what have i got to do 
Because how you show up creates your environment. What a lot of people get confused with is you have to change the environment to feel better. When actually, your environment is only created as a direct result of how you're showing up. Yeah. So you change this. If I walk into a room with a red outfit on, the reaction is going to be different to me walking in with a black suit on yeah. and glasses and a hat. Because how I show up is what creates that energetic ripple of how people are going to react now. If I show up shouting, screaming, angry, upset, jealous, greedy, that is going to bring me an environment that perpetuates that. Wow. Right? Wow. Wow. I love Take that I, to the bank. Oh, my days. This, like... You better drop that mic right now. Oh, my days. Like, <laughs> b- like Boxer, this is so deep. Like, I was literally just... I'm so fascinated with this conversation. This is deep. Listen, He's I've been so to the Mar- you know the Mariana Trench? It's in the South Pacific Ocean, right? No, I've never. Right. So the Mariana Trench is the deepest part of the ocean in the world. And if Everest was in there, it would still be two kilometers short of the surface of the water mm-hmm. in that trench. And I say to people, when you say deep, I've been to the Mariana Trench of my soul this last three years. Wow. I've been there. That's where the diamond within was. That's where I had to unearth myself from to bring it to the surface. That's where people need to go. It's the Marion. Not many people want to do that. Nobody wants to put on a diving suit and dive deep. You know, once you go down there, you got to come back up and you got to decompress and de-stress. Would you say this is one of the reasons why a lot of people struggle in the journey of success? Because it's like nobody wants to hear what they're doing wrong. Nobody wants to hear. taking responsibility. Yeah, so nobody takes responsibility. <laughs> Everybody's looking for the solution, yes. but nobody's actually doing the work. They're and taking out there. So you're, it's almost like we, we have become this, you know, shining shiny penny syndrome chasing individuals so we're always chasing nobody's looking backward when i wrote my book the test recently i went back 20 years of my life to look at where i was i think we were having this conversation before i looked back 20 plus years yeah and i calibrated forward and then i saw how far i've come yeah and that allowed me to actually establish the fact that there was a transition from the ordinary to the extraordinary yeah and I do 100% agree with you that everybody who's looking to seek success needs to go and look deep down. They have to. What am I doing wrong? How can I correct it? Yes. How can I stop doing what I'm doing wrong that is not serving me? Yes. And in any given situation, if somebody struggles with this particular person, place, thing, and just can't understand why, why, why can't I just get it right with them or that place or this thing or this job? Because they're not looking at what their part is. What part are you playing? in this scenario what is it that you could do better yeah. or different do you go into the room and say a b and c to this person well go through a different room and try a different opportunity yeah try a different way of going in at it if somebody says something that you're not happy with apologize i never apologized in my life i've never said sorry as much as i've said it in the last three years well when you normally say sorry people usually think of point of weakness people start you, you have a lot of coaches now that are saying never apologize use empowering language oh. rather than actually owning up did you know till tomorrow i have a lot of staff work for me internationally and locally i show when i'm not happy about something yeah. and i tell you i'm not happy about what mm. you've just done again ownership when i think i'm wrong i will say i'm sorry that's a true I'm leader sorry for what i've just done it wasn't you know it wasn't unintentional and i'm truly sorry i'm you know 
you have to have that element of empathy right because compassion and all of those the, the the emotions it's not about being the one thing it's about being the embodiment of a person that recognizes when they have created something that's caused another person to react a certain way okay on the flip side of that i will say as well when people say oh i hate it when you say that because you make me feel abc it's like hang on a minute nobody has the power to make you feel anything you didn't wake up one day and think oh mary right whoever she is just fictional mary i'm going to research what gets on her nerves and i'm going to go in and i'm going to say something that triggers her nobody does that nobody does that right so nobody has the power to make you feel anything because they don't know you they don't know your life story so do we keep assuming that sometimes people people ought to know us to treat us in a certain way or we make it about ourselves first off default yo you're talking about me well if the cup fits i didn't know that there's 50 people in this room if you're getting miffed at what i've just said to you you might want to look at that i want to mm-hmm. investigate that i don't know you from adam take it work on it mm. or i can help you with that mm. You know people are very quick to disempower themselves. That's how you disempower yourself. You give your power away because I'm going to now walk out of my house and decide that the bus driver, the train driver, the, the the bus conductor gets to decide how I feel today or how he talks to me. No, you decide how I'm going to walk into that bus when I get on it. Who am I? Not from a place of arrogance. Yeah. But a part of ownership, own yourself. You know, I'm somebody that, you know, deserves to be here today. I've earned my place in this office. I've earned my place on this bus. I've earned my place in this restaurant. Yeah. You know, not because of arrogance, but because I'm a good person. I take responsibility. I do what I need to do to make and show up that as a, make sure I show up every day as a decent human being. And if I know I'm doing all the right things, yeah. Nobody's got a thing on me. Yeah. They haven't got a jack on you. Yeah. You know? I own my responsibility. I I take you know I'm a bit uh, I'm like I'm impatient. Yeah. I take that on the chin. I'll have that. Yes, I am impatient. I'm sorry. I should have maybe waited for you to finish before I gave you my uh, opinion. And uh, please let me know how I can go forward with that. What would work for you? Wow. Right? Wow, this is deep. This is classroom this stuff. Is classroom this stuff. is like my gosh, version 5.0. You know what I mean? So so let's move on to the next stage. So, Buxin, you being an actor, you know, actress, you know, in the movie industry and in the speaking industry, a host and media, understanding all of these things we were talking about now, how much role has this played in your success? Being the actor. Being the actress, oh, being the speaker. So, oh, so the way I am. Being, so, oh, over, oh. overcoming all these different things and now and functioning, how much impact has this allowed you to become well, the inter- greatest vision of yourself it's and be successful yeah it's interesting you say this because i did have that transitory phase i went into acting at 37 so quite late in life no drama school no nothing no no training of any kind mm. i was given an opportunity and i saw it and i took it i was introduced to my agent to my current agent i'm very loyal so i stay with that person he saw something in me took a chance on me and i'll stay with him mm. right and over the years i had that element of imposter syndrome because i hadn't earned my stripes oh i've not been to drama school somebody's going to call me out somebody's every time the director would say cut i'd be like asking that was is it something i did i made it about myself again because of my inability right 
to be empowered. I was disempowered. I didn't have any self-esteem or self-worth because my subconscious is telling me, you haven't been to drama school. You don't deserve to be here. You better be quiet. You better just speak when you're spoken to. And I would stay in that bus out the way. Don't speak to anybody. I didn't feel worthy of it. So for me, waiting for the phone to ring, constantly living in the future, the anxiety of it, letting people down, allowing the industry to encompass all consuming, it became for me. But so we're going away six months time. Yeah, uh, pencil me in. I mean, if, if I get a job, then I'm, I might, I'll have to cancel. I won't be able to come. And eventually I started to resent that it was like that. I used to say, I used, I used to hate it. So when my dad passed away in January 2020, and I started to have all of these feelings of, why am I being an actor? I don't feel like being an actor anymore. Oh my gosh, I was only doing it to prove myself to him because I told him when I was 13, I want to be an actor. And I showed him and I showed him and I proved it and he's not here anymore. Hmm, it doesn't feel the same. Oh, why am I doing it? All these questions. So at that point on, from that moment, I was like, you know what? I'll carry on with it. Now I'll carry on with it. But my face is now this way. I'm not looking down the actor's path. Because people say focus on the thing that you want and you'll achieve it. Hmm. And I'd been focusing on it. And I was getting to the point where I was going from job to job. So I didn't have to do any other jobs. So I was going from one acting job to another before lockdown hit. Right? So that put paid to that. And in that moment, anybody else would say, oh, I'm not doing it. That's it. I'm done. Which a lot of probably actors did do. Probably a lot of people have left the industry. But for me, it was a godsend. And I um, lockdown was a godsend for me because it allowed me to go even deeper within and do this work. Yeah. The world stopped. Thank God the world stopped because it stopped me from looking ahead for the next job and what's over here and what do I need to be doing over there? The masculine energy all the time. It allowed me, it gave me the grace to be able to take a breath and really calibrate everything I was doing. So that's when I started the work on myself and started looking within and getting help and asking for help. And oh my gosh, this works. And the pain that my body was in due to the trauma, my rheumatoid flared up like nobody's business. It was the worst it had ever been. I couldn't use my hands. I couldn't use my feet. I was in a dressing gown all day, every day. And I would come down the stairs on my bottom because I couldn't bend my knees and my feet and take my weight. And in that moment, gosh, I was dark. It was dark, but I kept going with the meditations. I kept my meditations going. I kept watching comedy. I watched the good stuff. No more television, no more news. I don't watch the news. People ask me, have you seen this news? I don't watch it. Somebody will tell me if I need to know something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it got to that point where I was like really working on myself and going to the depths. And I had a lot of healing work done with my spiritual teacher who cleared my body of deep, deep sorrow and sadness from childhood, which is where it only ever starts from. Up until the age of eight, our body's developing, the energy centers that we have are developing. And anything that happens in that time gets stuck. You're born through DNA. There's a thing called epigenetics. Through DNA, we are passed the trauma from generation to generation. So I have, um, a, a, a fear of drowning. I don't know why. I've never fell in the water. I've never nearly drowned in this lifetime. But who knows what it came from generationally. Maybe generationally, my great-great-great-grandmother was drowned. Who knows? But it's been passed through my lineage and it's playing out in my DNA. And people don't take the time to find that out. 
is that really who you are? Is that really are you really somebody who likes to take a drink every night? Or is it something you saw as a child that your parents did to relax and you found that your parents were a lot better to be around when they'd had a drink? Right? Start to become more aware of why you're doing what you're doing. Take note of why you react to a certain thing. Don't just react. Don't just oh gosh, here I am. Oh, just like my daddy like to drink, it'll kill me this well. <laughs> and so it is. And so it is, you're creating your life with every single word. When you believe what you're saying, your body is just saying, got that, roger that, so you want to be ill, so you want to have this disease. You know, when you say what we become from the age of eight, you know, as we grow through this journey of life, you know, how our parents did some certain things. I'll give an example. My, you know, I come from a very polygamous family. My father married seven wives and the 26th born of my father. Most of my elder brothers have all two, three, four wives because that's what my father did, right? In my father's generation, that's what his father did. In his great-grandfather's journey, that's what his great-grandfather did. And yes, you're absolutely right that sometimes we become our own parents. You know, and I remember I, I was a guest on someone else's podcast and I actually shared that my father has so many wives, so many children. I have two children mm. because I discovered who I am. There you go. And I said, no, I'm going to have two children. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to have four children, for example. But we didn't end up having four. We have two, two lovely kids. My yeah. first is 15 and my second is 12. And myself and my wife, we love them so much. Yeah. Yes, we become our parents because we've adapted a lot of things from how we were born how we were raised my father never traveled internationally needed to live abroad but i am living in the uk now but regardless until you discover self who are you and how do you walk away from what you're not that's right and go that part and i did that by marrying out of my culture you know i married a, an englishman and for me the path that was known and that was being shown to me was way scarier, way scarier than the path that was unknown. My gosh, people should be scared of the familiarity of the path that they're heading down, more so than the path of the unknown. For me, if I knew that in five years' time I'm retiring and then I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, oh, not interested. <sighs> Is that also why so many people become poor? Because for example, imagine you are better from a family who never bought a house. And obviously, especially within the ethnic minority, one of the reasons why we're not passing wealth across because I speak to a lot of ethnic minority people and black, I speak to a lot of black people and a lot of black people don't have life insurance. And the reason why they don't have life insurance is because they think the moment they have life insurance, something terrible is gonna happen to them, they're gonna die. And no then, doubt that's what they were told. Or they've seen that behavior playing out somewhere and they've made it their truth. You know, my sister says it now. Like I say, there's, I'm one of six. And my husband likes to say, oh, diabetes, you know, runs in uh, Indian families when I'm having a biscuit with a cup of tea. Oh, you know, watch it. That's diabetes. No, it's not. Stop. No, it's not. That's not my reality. You don't need to speak that. That's not going to speak into my existence. You can stop that. People can hold you in a consciousness. If they think, oh, Dr. Daniel is doing so well, he is going to be so, oh God, he's amazing. If enough people hold you in that consciousness and you're doing it for yourself, you become. you'll become the thing. People will see me walking into a room, you know, years ago. There she is, trouble. <laughs> and I'd play up to it. 
I do a silly move or a silly face because that was familiar and at least I know what I get when I behave this way. I'll stay this way because at least I know how this 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 gathering will go Yeah. if I carry on being this person. Got tiring. So after my dad passed, I was like, all ident- I've had the death of ego and the death of identity. I just am. I am. Let me talk about it. Dr. Wayne D- uh, Dyer talks about yeah. the I am. I am. I am that. I am. You know, I read I read some great books where, you know, especially if you look at the Tinker Grow Rich, you know, where the man who taught himself, who basically thinked, all right? I mean, the name is the clue, think and grow rich. Yes. Right? So it means absolutely whatever we become, we first of all think Yes. and we become. And if you look at great religious books, whether it be in a Quran, whether it be in a Bible, most religious books clearly say you become what here is where it all begins from and plus what has been planted from you from where you grow so i, I say example there I, I was in the room the other day and a and a lady said to her child we can't afford it and i had to correct her i said don't ever tell your children we can't afford this right that's you, right you can say to them no today's not the right time i'll get it for yes, you tomorrow yes, right exactly that and this is the smallest thing that's the smallest change we can be making you know, within Indian culture, it's the same. In many other ethnic cultures, it's the same because we've seen it from our parents. My dad was 11 when he last saw his dad and was 17 when he came to the UK. Yeah. My, my granddad came to the UK. He had to be the man of the house. He was himself six, one of six kids. So as far as he was concerned, his job was to look after other people. And he did that all his life. He didn't look after us, as in we were fed and watered, but he did more for other people than he did for us. And I used to resent that, but I get it now. I get why he did it. And I was thinking, when I see other people in the Indian culture, and it's like, oh, we don't do that. So, well, you know what us Indians are like? <laughs> and people just go around, social gatherings having these little conversations <laughs> and going, I'm like, what is that you doing there? What are you doing there? No, I will not. Uh, that's not what we do. I don't do that. I don't, well, Buxo, yeah, but we're not all like you, though, are we, Buxo? <laughs> Looking around for support. It's like, don't diminish me. Don't make me wrong to feel better with your mediocrity of staying the same. I am who I am. I was born here for a purpose and... As God is my witness, I'm going to do it till the day I die. Mm. Bottom line. And I will lose every single one of you. I will lose a lot of you in order to do that. You know, they say what got you here would not get you there. Mm. People are either lifting you up or people are either breaking you backwards. So choices to be made here is, are you going to keep being around people who are... I bring you down or you're going to go and find people who are lifting you up and think about it as the analogy of a hot air balloon you have to release the sandbags in order to lift you have to take the weight off in order for the balloon to take flight what are you going to do are you going to stay tethered to that one rope to that one person are you ever going to take flight what is the point of getting into the basket then Mm. get out you know don't bother in or out, your choice. You can't have one toe in and one toe out. Yeah. That creates misalignment in the body. That creates anxiety. That creates all the issues that people are feeling today. The mental health issues that are out there yeah. in the world are as a direct result of people pleasers. People doing things that are out of alignment. They're saying yes when they need to say no for fear of being alone. 
I've never been more alone in my life. And now, at this age, three years in, of being on this journey properly, I embrace my aloneness. I adore my own time. I love being with myself. Once upon a time, I would have gone out window shopping just to not sit in the house on my own. Yeah. I love myself. I love me. I love who I am. I love what I bring to the world. I love what I bring to my people who are in my life, who are lucky to be in my life. I've broken away from those that I no longer thrive around. Wow. You know? Wow. I need to be in a space where I thrive. Healthy cells will only thrive in a healthy environment. There's an example that Dr. Bruce Lipton, The Biology of Belief, I don't know if you read that book, amazing book. He talks about an experiment he did in um, a Petri dish. He put some healthy cells in the Petri dish. They multiplied, beautiful, yeah, lovely. Then he dropped a toxic substance in the corner of one of the Petri dish. And all the healthy cells moved away. They moved away. They wanted to move away. Your body, your subconscious mind only knows a healthy body. So when you continuously bombard it with toxicity from what you watch or what you hear, what you speak, what you eat, what you surround yourself by, if you're surrounding yourself by toxicity 24-7, your body does not stand a chance. After two years, the body regenerates itself. You have fresh eyes, you have new um, lungs, you, everything regenerates. It takes nine months for one part of the organs, 11 months for some, but by two years, you have a fully generated body. But we don't give it a chance to regenerate. Wow. Because we're toxicity all the time. Oxidative stress, one of the biggest aging elements that we live with in today's society. We have electrical equipment around us all the time. Concrete buildings, you cannot feel the earth's energy when you're around concrete. The human resonance that the earth vibrates at cannot be felt in concrete buildings, which is why people have sick building syndrome. You have to get out in nature, get in your garden, put your feet on the grass. Allow the electricity to be conducted into the earth. You have to release the electrical charge that builds up in the... We're electrical beings. Yeah. I mean, plugging in all the time without even knowing it. So we're exposing ourselves all the time to electrical EMF stuff, right? I'm not evangelical about it, but it's you, about awareness, you know? You know, you're saying something about electrical beings. I don't know what this means, but there was a day actually... Um, I was I was gonna shake someone's hands and I felt like an electric static. shock. The static, yeah. I didn't even know what that meant at that time. Like, do, you, do you not get it when you go to a car to open the car or a door? Yeah, but yeah. I never I never observed it from yeah, human people, to human. Yeah, yeah. I had to go and look into it. So like, why do I get electric shock from that yeah. person? Was it would it an extraordinary human being? Actually, if I did not know them at that time, because. For me, I went on a new journey in the last seven years of my life. The new journey of number one, obviously, discovering God, prayer, and as well as spending time with Him alone. And I realized one of my mentors said to me, he said, in order to become successful, you have to cut out all the noise, the distraction. Like you said, we're consistently surrounded by. And guess what? Out of our subconscious, these devices that we have around us is giving us and planting different types of seeds into our life. Programming. Programming. Mm. And this is something that we aren't taught. No. We're not told that. All we're told is to, from a young age, get in line at school, sit down there, speak. When you speak, don't you speak now out. If you, if you find your voice at a young age, they will shut that right down, you know? They will not allow that. And this is what we have to be aware of. That's why so many people are homeschooling now. You know, because they recognize what's being taught in the schools today yeah. is unnecessary. 
Oh, wow. Don't even start me on that but, journey. Brooke, so it's been so amazing to have you here on this episode. We can go on and on I and know, on and right? on and on, right? Honestly, <laughs> this is a seminar day. This you, is- you're so experienced. I love the fact that you're so experienced and versatile in so many different topics. Honestly, and this, and I really- this is the truth of who I am, I now know. Yeah. I thought I had to keep shut because I haven't got a degree, because I haven't got a qualification. I used to be in awe of people called doctor such and such. Yeah. I'd be, I would put them on a pedestal. And since I've done my healing work and released the trauma from my body of all of these belief systems that I've created from perception, which is my reality growing up, that wasn't the truth. I've shed all of that. And this is what it looks like to be a person that's embodying their spirit and soul and allowing that to speak every time. Not the egoic mind that is controlling and keeping you small and trying to keep you safe, by the way, which is fine up until the age of 18 when you realize crossing a road when a car's coming is not the safe thing to do. We don't need the ego anymore. Yeah. We don't need it. it. It controls far too many of us. But one thing, and, and I'll say this is a definite, and I can guarantee every single person listening to this right now will concede to um, admit to, fear is what drives them. Fear is what's operating their machinery. I totally agree. Because every single thing that we ever wanted is on the other side of fear. And if they operated love and flipped it, and people say, but how do you do that, Bookso? Well, you first have to make sure your heart is open. And I cracked mine wide open, which resulted in a lot of pain in my body, right? Um, because why should anything worth having come to you easily? Mm. If we just became, woke up, took a pill, woke up the next day and all my trauma's gone. Oh, that was great. Oh, nice. I've only learned what I've learned and be able to share what I share because of what I went through. Yeah. Through the tunnels of darkness that I went through that I never thought would end. That's why. And people are saying, yeah, but I don't want to do that book, so I don't want to go for it. Yeah, but I'll have, I've got your back. Mm. I'll help you through it. I had nobody helping me. So I always say, you know, work with me. Let's work together. I had no one. Let me be that no one for you. Because I had nobody to look up to. If I was taking this path, girl, you're on your own. See ya. And especially... You know what? I'm trying to end the podcast, but it's not ending. I know. Because there's so many things I want to ask you. But I have to ask this, by the way, because I know, you know, um, I just have to ask this. Then this is just to revalidate, you know, I say this all the time that success is an inside job until you discover who you are. Because most people's definition of success is all about money, right? Yes, Recently, I discovered myself, you know, in this journey of the last six mm. years, and I discovered success has a lot to do with what is inside. If you're unhappy in your house, you're happy in your family, your wife, your children, it's almost impossible. If you're unhappy of who you are, who you become, it's not possible to to shine yeah but this is the thing and i always call my clients out as well because i'm not going to take you on the easy road you're going to know about it Mm. you you better be ready for this because you don't want it bad enough yeah otherwise and that's what i say to people yeah but books i've tried to do this and i've tried to say but i'm asking you to do this i can't do it i just can't do that i said you don't want it then you do not want to do what it takes to get that thing to arrive to that space and place yeah 
Um, don't get me wrong, we never arrive at the destination. This is a continual journey for it's me. It's a journey, yeah. And I'm so happy I'm on it. But what I'm saying to people is, come with me. I've got you. I've got your back. You, you've got this. But it's going to require you to shed a lot of people from your life. Stop going and doing the things you used to do. Yeah, but then who, who will I become? I know how amazing we get to find out. But always the fear of the unknown. I'm scared. But I don't know who I am if I don't do this, if I don't do that. I said, that's okay, but there's, let's find out the real version of you then, who that is. True. So as we wrap up this episode, you know, books, books out, can you just quickly share, you work with people, you're a mentor, you're yeah. a business strategist as yeah. well. Yeah. And what services, what help do you okay. provide to people? So I work, I don't tend to work one-to-one -one per se. It's more of a group thing. But I do like to work with people intensively. So I do deep dive immersive days, one-to-one -one for a day. And we go to town on what it is that's going on. But it'll be the inner work. I do mindset work and I do energetic work. I shift your energy as well, which can also be done remotely. And then I'll see you again in four weeks' time and see where we are. You've got me on WhatsApp in the meantime, right? And then I have the group sessions where they're current program is called the sparkle effect sparkle stands for self-awareness purpose authenticity resilience know thyself leadership and embodiment because as a direct result of me doing all of them things i've been able to become the leader of my own life mm -hmm. and truly embody that which it is yeah to be somebody that operates from there so if people want that for themselves that's relative to them they haven't gone through what i've gone through it'll be relative everybody's got their own job, yeah. isn't it they can get in touch with me on Instagram. My website is booksodw.com, which I'm sure you'll have in the show notes and everything yeah, anyway. Absolutely. You? But it's been absolutely. a great pleasure, Dr. Well, Thank it's you. been a great, great pleasure having you on the Wealth and Business Podcast. And definitely, I'm going to be bringing you back. I've run so many different types of business conferences and seminars. Definitely, one of the goals here at the Wealth and Business Podcast is to open the globe, open the mind uh, into, you know, uh, what it really takes to be that true transition entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Some people's journeys are different. We all have different cultures, different beliefs. Look, we're in a new we're in a new age of evolution. Yeah. The earth, the energy around the earth is changing. We are got to, we have got to change the old ways, whatever they are. Even with all the guys that have been around for years, it's got to change. It's got to. You're gonna get left behind if you don't expand your consciousness to receive a new way of being. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the World Time Business Podcast. Thank you. Guys, make sure you go and follow Bookso on her LinkedIn handle, Instagram, Facebook, and reach out to her if, if this feels amazing to you and you want to know how she can help you and how she can work. How you can work with her. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Take care.